0: The real bad news cast. All right, all
1: right.
0: Hey, this is Rage Killer, and I'm with the Scary Jersey Guy. We have our awesome guest, Mick Strong, with us again. Bring me their heads. Okay. This is Tommy Spinelli.
2: They have uh, valuable family heirlooms in there. These are valuable, too. Look, pal, this goes right on. Wait. I don't think those are live human organs. Trust me, pal. They don't feel it. Now his luggage You didn't lose nothing, did you? is going on vacation. What did you get that in there? Looks like you packed for a month. Where the hell are my heads?
1: Don't worry about it, all right? It'll happen before he starts stinking.
2: And he's going to need some help.
1: You got my heads and I want them back.
2: Or a lot
0: of heads. Ah! If you ain't there, your buddy's here in history, you got it? Are gonna roll.
1: This university has hundreds of frozen heads. Heads are us?
2: Joe Pesci, David Spade.
1: Chopping off heads just takes it out of you,
2: huh? Eight heads in a duffel bag. It's a scary jersey, guy.
1: Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, there we go. Okay, so is this everybody? We're just going to have two of you?
0: Uh yeah, lots uh couldn't make it so <laughs> just
1: a... oh I, I oh, okay so we'll, well just talk uh, bad about him for not being here yeah that's it <laughs> yeah he's a shithead anyway so <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, oh, you, oh you mean like that
2: yeah yeah pretty much how it would go it would just be well when I sat
1: down to review this movie see this I this film felt... felt... yeah I felt that it would have been a great film. Except for lots wasn't there, and so... Phew, it, blew, it blew chunks all over the place. So, yeah. Okay. So...
0: Nick Swan, who wrote a great book called Behind the Screams, The Dream Master Revealed. I did! I did write a book! <laughs> yeah.
1: has, has everybody read it by now?
2: As a matter of fact, I did. It, um... Served me very well on my flight back when I was crunched in between two
1: Samoans from Washington. Well, there you go. Exactly as as they are, right? I mean, from yeah. Washington, right? So, what'd you think? Oh, I thought it was great. Yeah, it was oh, entertaining, uh, and it, I'm nothing if not entertaining. Uh, I I can tell a story, and and the thing is, is uh, only only you know. 40% of what i say is a lie. And uh and and oh, not bad, huh? You know, for an old man. You know, so the thing is is I, I could just blame it on my memory, but but i'm just lying. Dude. I mean what? <laughs> what? I like that.
2: What? <laughs> See, i read it the whole flight back and basically it was it was hard to put down and there was a lot of really good stories in it. You're a hell of a storyteller. And the thing that really stuck with me though
1: is that you had fun writing the book I, 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 I did I, I I pretty much it was entertaining you know the hell. hell yeah there you go the, the secret is, is this is that um, I just had fun all the time you know yeah. I, I I got into something that was uh, was a lot of fun and and completely uh, devoid of uh, any uh, adult supervision and um, just had a great time doing it, you know? And the thing is, is uh, uh, it it was like all things like that, you you know, it was really, really hard work, but um, (laughs) I, I could just come up with one stupid idea after another and people go, wow, that's great. (laughs) Well, filmmaking,
0: you know, of course is a collaborative process and we always hear, you know, we do always hear stories from the director and the actions and stuff, but you know you never hear it from quite everybody. So hearing it from well, the production designer's point of view is great because you see so much stuff, you know, involved with so many things.
1: Well, the the, the thing that I keep saying is is this: is that most of the most of the stories about filmmaking are very lopsided. There, um, you, you know, let's face it. How many stories have you heard about that start like this? Well, you know, my agent got me this. And <laughs> and, and and then you go, yeah, okay, so this is going to be about from here up, right?
0: right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you what actually stars do on a film is they wait for really long periods of time and in an artificial world i mean you know they wait in their trailers and and we've built this l- little world for them and and we're all going crazy trying to keep everything going you know one right one thing right after the other in in front of this camera and and you have to remember this is that that the, the fact that you have a lens and film and it out there means that everything that's got to happen has got to happen right there, right? Right in front of that lens. And all these different departments have to come in and out and, and it's, uh, it, 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 it's sort of like a ballet from hell yeah, it's like a ballet, but with but with a lot of people that are wearing shorts and, and, and equipment and holding you know uh, holding things like makeup brushes and, and lenses and C stands and explosives and this and that and the next thing. <laughs> but 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 it's like thinking. I I mean I I always thought of it as a dance. It would make a stupid dance. Can you think of a ballet like that? Right. Right, and it's all got to be, the, and it's always got to be this one point that you're worried about, right? And um, and the thing is, is th- there are all these great stories about about it, you know, and all the things that go on in the background that are just mm-hmm. that are just never told because, in a certain respect, you have to you have to have the context first. And here's the funny thing about it is, over the years people have, have got the context for it now. You know, It's just that the stories haven't come out. Mm-hmm. In, in other words, we think that we hear the, the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. It didn't used to be a popular thing to talk about. Uh, all the stuff that you heard in the 50s and 60s and 70s and even the 80s about behind the scenes stuff was completely fabricated by the film industry anyway right Mm -hmm. and it all directly had to do with the directors and the stars and and the producers right they wouldn't think that any anybody else would be interesting um but over since that time um, people become more interested in behind-the-scenes things. The thing is, is that the people that are normally behind the scenes aren't really great storytellers. You know, I mean, the people, the people that are in front of the scenes, the directors, and the, I, I mean, they're all about telling stories. But all the, all the place where the actual great stories go on, just doesn't have its share of storytellers. And I just happen to be one of them so no, no, you're, I'm... you're
2: good at that
1: yeah. <laughs> it's what i do these days <laughs> so um that's philosophical enough what a bunch of crap like i say sometimes we just can't tell where this crap is going don't forget your podcast
0: dream warrior Did review episode on blade and the information you have in that was just yeah so many good stories so I definitely recommend you. check it out.
1: I, I have to tell you that's that's one that I I myself uh, have a lot of problems with. I, I, I uh, so
0: Kurt, heard. Kurt, Kurt, Kurt,
1: Kurt Kurt says it was hilarious. I I'm having trouble. Uh, I got through the first five minutes and 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 it it makes me break out in a cold sweat. Oh. <laughs> of of all the films that I've done, there have only been a couple that I. I uh, didn't enjoy at all, and that was one of them. Um, now, yeah, that, that, that was. It always
0: hurts to hear really because it's hear. like. I mean, I always thought the movie was really great, but the behind-the-scenes stuff—it's
1: like. Ooh. Well, you know, it's Wesley Smith. Yeah, it, the combination of the director, uh, mm-hmm. who, by the way, the only other thing that, that he ever did was uh, the Leave an Extraordinary Gentleman, and and he went back to being a. Uh, 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 a special effects guy, you know, yeah. he was he was an unbelievable dick, and uh, and there are so many. I believe me when I say I'm not the only one that said that, yeah. Uh, I could believe it, and I'm sure Wesley was a Wesley, was Wesley, Wesley. <laughs> well. <laughs> I, I told the stories uh, well uh, on that podcast, so if you want to hear those stories, yeah. <laughs> go, to Warrior, that, go to Dream Warrior, go to Dream I was trying to segue into you. <laughs> you got me. You got to go to Dream Warrior
2: Review. <laughs> you know, you know
0: and after, he- after hearing that in that podcast, it made me because re- someone pointed this out, in Blade 2 and Blade 3, Wesley Snipes is actually in less of Blade 2 and then even less of the third movie. I don't know. Yeah, if
1: because
2: people were fucking sick of him.
1: Yeah, he's a, just a hard guy he's to a deal character. with. But some yeah, motherfuckers
2: are always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: exactly.
1: You know, that,
2: that, that's the thing there that I the, that I can see poor Mick doing. Just running around in that blue plaid shirt, trying to keep Wesley's ego in check, and trying to keep Chris Christopherson sober.
1: Yeah, Sephora, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I think it's funny that Chris. Would, Chris was great. I think that, oh, he was a great guy, a, but, I, but I heard he was a horrible alcoholic. Though. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah.
0: It's actually funny that you reviewed Blade because uh, about last week, last weekend, we reviewed uh, The Gate, which also had uh, Stephen Dorf in it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, he was a good guy in that, though, wasn't he? He was a yeah. kid, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, was a kid in The Gate, yeah, yeah.
2: We spent a good half an hour laughing at how, well, he was in this and then he was in Blade. And then I remember him going into doing vape commercials. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. I'm just sitting up at like four o'clock in the morning hating my fucking life and I'm watching TV and there's an infomercial and you know your life is dog shit when you're actually watching the infomercials. Oh God. But and you then know it, it suddenly pops up to Steven
1: Dorf on the beach and the years hadn't been kind to him. Well, well think of it this think of it this way. Think of how many <laughs> people hardly survived uh, Blade. You know? Come yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Dorf. Norrington, Stephen Norrington, that was the director, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Wesley Snipes. Um, all these people are doing really well now. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: they're, they're really <laughs> doing fantastic. Yeah, Rex really. Evasion,
2: vape commercials. And
1: yeah, they're the it, fuck it, it, of Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: But since you're the guest, do you want to do the plot synopsis or you know,
1: or do, sense, do so I like... want to do a synopsis of it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, Wait, what? What did happen in this? Uh, but you know what this is all about. This is all a cinematic whack-a-mole. Yep. And uh, and the whack and and uh, the guy uh, hitting the whack-a-mole is Joe Pes- P- Pesky. And um, is he a pesky person? The pesky person. Yep. That's right. And the whack-a-mole is eight eight heads of dead uh dead mobsters that 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 heads need to be transported to the crime boss so that he knows that he's spent eighty thousand dollars correctly to the people that that um, took care of it right and hilarity ensues <laughs> uh, how's how was
0: that guys that's great I guess we could do recommend like recommendations real quick I would say like if it's like a lazy Sunday afternoon, it's worth watching. Like, but it's one yeah, of those things. Yeah. That's like, Pesci's really good, but it's Pesci's
1: like, really good in it. He he is. There's no it doubt. It just
0: feels like certain scenes kind of go on a bit too long. It's like
1: I'm telling that the the stuff in the Mexican hotel uh, is is difficult. Uh,
0: yeah, you just get it, someone it, who does like fan edits, you know, and if they could just yeah. <laughs> that out, just keep the Pesci stuff take in. That
1: out. Yeah. Oh really? I've always said this about about almost every film I've ever seen I, I, that I could take twenty minutes out of it. I don't have a I don't have a really really uh, strong sense of uh, of I have a strong sense of editing. Right. You know. <laughs> I, well, I, have no, I have no patience, and, and the funny thing about it is that uh, I've always let my lack of patience guide me. <laughs> if worse. I, well, if I made something and and it bored me. Uh, I'd go back and, and work and start again, you know, uh, you know, the, the guys always used to like hold their breaths when they were building sets for me. Cause, uh, I, I two days, I, w- I would have them always finished uh, a couple of days ahead of time. And I go in and, and I was known for, Oh no, this doesn't work. <laughs> just start, and then just, you know, completely change it because, because, because I could, you know, so what can I say? <clears throat>
0: Mr. Mr. Jersey Guy, that's uh, scary. You're a big Pesci fan, so,
2: I mean, what do you think of this movie? You talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, what am I, a clown? I amuse you? I make you laugh? I'm here to fucking amuse you? Uh, um, I, I wouldn't say that this is a must-see movie, but it's definitely a very entertaining movie. Best way I can sum this movie up, it's... Weekend at Bernie's meets Police Academy Five when they had the diamonds and the duffel bags getting switched.
1: <laughs> oh yeah,
2: right, exactly. <laughs> it's one of those movies where you're either going to like it or you're going to hate it. Apparently, Police Academy Five was a bomb. I you know, grew up watching that movie and I thought it was entertaining enough. You know, there's some. It's an
0: entertaining
2: movie. That's a, that's the best way I could. There's a, this there's
1: thing. a lot there's a lot of worse movies out there. You know, especially. Oh, yeah. Especially inexpensive comedies, you know? You know, there's
2: actually some movies that
0: actually benefit from commercial breaks. (laughs) And
1: 8
2: Heads is
0: kind of one of them. (laughs)
1: Nice nice to have that break every
2: once in a while, yeah. That's where you can get up, go outside, have a cigarette, and contemplate what the fuck you're doing with your life. Then you're getting, uh, like,
0: Pesci dubbed over by...
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you know what? He I, I, is the best part of the movie. He, he
1: absolutely is, it, it, and hands down, I, I would say that if you start, if if you let the first half hour of the movie just go, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you if if you read a synopsis of the beginning of the movie, uh, and, and then started about a, just just about at the end of the uh, hotel scenes, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, once they all get out on the road, then then it it it, it does what it's supposed to.
2: It picks up, it, you know, what? it's kind of like, um, for me, it's like the Amityville horror, the original one. I always skip the beginning right until the part where they walk up to the house, like, right? Uh, like one year later, I always skip the murder scene. I always skip them loading the bodies up and it's just, I don't give a shit. You yeah. It's just, yeah. That to me is the start of the movie. Yeah. In- um, but if you were to read the synopsis of the movie, the, 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 the premise behind it is absolutely hilarious. You've got the world's angriest, high pitched Italian. Right. (laughs) With a duffel bag full, you know, with. Trying to retire.
1: Trying to retire. (laughs) You know,
2: this is the end of this shit, you know? And, And the duffel bag gets switched with some schmuck who's going down to Mexico to meet his, you know, future in laws. Right, you know, and, yeah. And, and <laughs> that right there, it's like the perfect comedic foil. That scene with
0: him screaming you know when he finds the good. head is pretty funny. And he's like, oh, it's yeah. a hot pepper. <laughs> it's like, what?
2: <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know that it's good, though, when... Um when they do get to the hotel and the, the mother-in-law, she wants to sneak a surprise into the bag, <laughs> yeah. she finds a severed head and she thinks he's she a just... serial killer. That's right. <laughs> and then the father is just like, oh, fuck you, you're an alcoholic. You're, <laughs> oh, you're George crazy. Hamilton, yeah.
1: Yeah, George yeah. Hamilton of all things. Yeah.
2: It... <laughs> George... You know, but it, it, it's moments like that when the movie actually gets a chance to go, it really does go. Yeah, no. Just... It... Absolutely, I, I admit something. that once they get going. You, you know, it, it's just when you have those lulls, they go on really, really, really long. But, I mean, the
1: general idea itself, to me, it, it's comedic gold.
2: Really.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like I say, I mean, w- once you kind of get out of the hotel rooms, uh, it really – it, it, it yeah. becomes the film that it should have been, you know?
2: Well, the best part to, um, was um, – when Tommy, Ernie, and Steve, they start looking for the replacement heads. Yeah. That's
1: right. Oh, yeah. What is
2: up with Joe Pesci? Every single fucking movie he's in, he's either a Tommy
1: or a Nicky. That's <laughs> really true. It's, it's How many times has he been Tommy? It's amazing. He,
2: he was Tommy in this. He was Tommy in Goodfellas. And then um, just off the top of my head, he was Nicky in a Casino, and he was also Nicky in Easy Muddening with Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, spoilers. I
0: love I love when Spade's like we'll go over to the cryo thing. It's like a heads RS kind of thing. That was, that was pretty
1: good yeah, <laughs> <are us. laughs> You know, uh, when when we did that, uh, when we did the smoke coming out of uh, the head when he hits mm-hmm. the valve, that absolutely was so loud. <laughs> uh, it, it was it, the thing is is the what you have to do in order to get that is you have to you know use a, uh, a basically it, it's like knocking the top off of a hydrogen bottle right <laughs> or a nitri- nitrogen bottle i mean that's literally what makes that look and uh, that forcing the air out like that oh man that was so loud and pes pes pesky it just stand there and just you know take it like like it wasn't like it wasn't anything and then when we would stop he like ah! <laughs> you know one, one thing that was really funny about him is mm-hmm. we're filming in a building and uh it has an elevator i think we were i can't remember what we were doing or which set it was but we were up at, up like eight floors and uh and he's smoking a cigar and he just walks in to the elevator with the cigar and uh <laughs> some people got in and i gotta tell you something uh, nobody asked him to put the cigar out Who's and gonna I asked ask him it, and I asked him about it later I said you know he says it has literally never come up because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he smokes cigars all the time everywhere <laughs> nobody well, ever tells him
2: to him <laughs> yeah, he is a violent psychopath <laughs>
1: right you know it's like are you gonna go up to him and say hey, <laughs> hey listen oh hey, is he yeah right. <laughs> Somebody Even in Michael Jackson's
2: Moonwalker.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's totally,
2: it's totally. Oh, <laughs> oh totally. Oh. That ponytail and those spiked shoes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, only thing that was scarier than Michael Jackson transforming into the robot Moonwalker were those fucking shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I they, mean, you could sit yeah. there and watch him slapping that kid around, him, and you're just like, oh. You don't oh. see that no more. But then you just <laughs> see him come up in like stilettos, and you're just like, <laughs> "What? What?
0: Um, Whose
1: idea? Whose idea was
2: that?" <laughs> I was
0: gonna ask. Do you know if uh, Pesci uh, improvised a lot or took the script? Because it just seems like he, it just seems mm-hmm. like he would. I don't know. It just feels like he was
1: improvising and made heads. No, I th- I think he did improv quite a bit. I mean, you know, uh, he isn't the type that. Uh, you know, he says things that Pesky that that he would say that Joe oh, Pesky would, would say. Yeah, you see, thing is, is he molds it to his character. Is that what we're gonna call him mm-hmm. for now on, Joe Pesky? He just <laughs> that's what I've always called him. I'm, you know what? I even called him on set that.
0: <laughs> well, because, at, least he's, uh, at least he's cool about it. You know, so people. Oh like, yeah, I know. he's very,
1: he, he is a very, very, very nice, very nice guy. Um. You know, uh, and, and super aware of his. Uh, right his look and his effect on people you know <laughs>
2: yeah well i mean if you're sitting there and you watch a movie with a guy um what was it i'll never forget the scene in the casino where he back, fucking oh, open in front of everybody in the bank right. <laughs> that i'm getting out of jail hopefully you'll be coming out of your coma and guess That's... What? I'll split your fucking head open again I don't want to meet
1: that guy yet. right exactly
0: you know, it's been years since I've seen Casino but the one thing I can ever forget is that scene where he gets pissed off and stabs that person to death with a pen
1: <laughs> right oh yeah yeah mm. oh. He, he does insanity well. What can I say?
2: <laughs> I know. It's always the nicest people in real life that turn out to be
1: the biggest psychos. <laughs> really? Exactly, right? Yeah. Can, can, can I tell you uh, a, a great story that goes with this film? Okay? Absolutely. Um, I, so as far as reviewing the film, um, it's kind of a so-so comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Pesci is literally... Joe Pesci and Diane Cannon are the Literally, only two people in this whole film that are actually worth watching. Don't you agree? David Spade isn't. Yeah, even David Spade wasn't, you know. Yeah, but David Spade didn't, I mean, they didn't give him a role, you know? He was kind of like purely secondary in it, you know? And the guy uh, that goes kind
0: of like insane, the his, his, four. His, uh, his buddy that goes insane did
2: a pretty good job as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's true, with the head.
2: <laughs> no, at that point, you're actually right. Um, I, I totally agree. It's it's kind of like his role in Police Academy 4 when he was one of the skateboarders. You don't even notice him. He doesn't stand out. But if you watch it today, it's like, holy shit, it's David Spade. Yeah, right. He has that nasally voice.
1: Yes. <laughs> But but you know uh, that he didn't really get to do his uh, his character. You, you know, I I mean, if you're going to write a comedy for somebody you you and bring somebody in, you you need to write in their voice. And mm-hmm. and that role was not written in his voice. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. It was I, definitely written in Joe Pesci's voice.
0: Mm-hmm. I would have to say when when Joe Pesci isn't in the movie is when it kind of becomes kind of eh.
1: Yeah, so when, yeah when he's on screen. well, especially in the hotel when it's when Hamilton's in the hotel and there's interaction between, uh, uh, you know, like the, the, all of them in the hotel. Some of that hotel stuff was just interminable. I mean, it just went on forever. But I want to tell you about throwing a throwing somebody out of a car. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the best story. And it goes with this film and and. <laughs> There is a scene in this film where um, her mother or his mother—I yeah, think it's his mother—his mother gets thrown out of a car, right? A van. Right. Now that seems like the easiest thing in the world, right? You get an articulated dummy, you dress it up right, and you throw it out out of a van as you're going down the road. These well, days, it would just be like CG or something. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: is you would think that that's a pretty easy thing to do, right? Right. Well, let me let me tell you how incredibly hard that is to do. <laughs> First, it's here's the thing: is if you ever have dealt with a an articulated dummy, a, an articulated dummy weighs exactly what a person does. I mean, they're you know like 160 pounds, right? And and imagine you know every joint just being loose right right and and think about this think think if somebody laid down in the middle of the fort and you had to move them if they weren't going to help themselves at all and they okay you tried to do that before right everybody has right it's almost impossible to move them right well Mm -hmm. here's the thing you're going down the road in a van you're probably doing 40 miles an hour and you reach over and and you're strapped in with a safety harness right so that you don't fall out of the van right and Mm -hmm. and and i was not there but i've tried it before right and so Mm -hmm. they came back and they said we couldn't get the dummy out of the car we did we finally did once and we ran we wound up running over it and i go yeah that that's absolutely right that's what happens because you it takes a lot of for it takes it takes a lot I mean, basically, you go through a lot of effort, and maybe the head and the yeah. arm go out the window, <laughs> go out the door, right? You know, and then they yeah. fall down, and eventually, so you think that you're going to just flip the legs over, but when you do, the rest of the body then gets sucked underneath the car, and you run over it, right? Oh. And so, <laughs> so, and so they tried it for a half a day, just that one shot, just trying to get her out of the car, right? Mm. And um. And they said, and so they turned it over to us to the effects shop that I was working with Lou Carlucci on it. And the prop master said, I give up. You're going to have to figure out a way just to get the dummy out of the car. And I go, okay, well, so what we do is <laughs> I say, well, you know, here's what I think we're going to do. I think we'll, we'll take uh, an, an, an air cannon. You know, which is like a, a twenty gallon air air tank, right? <laughs> that has a, a two inch valve on it that mm. blows air air out really fast. I mean, like that. And the thing is, is you can use them to do all kinds of things. I mean, you would not believe how much power that is. I mean, you know, it it's a lot. But so I said, so what we want to do is we'll take and we'll plant inside of the body of the dummy. <laughs> We're going to plant a tube, right? And then we'll take, and on the, on the uh, compressor, we'll take the tube, we'll, we'll take the other half of the tube, right? So it's one tube inside of another, right? And, and we'll shoot it out the door, you know? So imagine just a tube up, up granny's butt, right? <laughs> so it's a tube upper butt, and, and it goes up, and, and it's two inches around, And um, it goes, you know, all the way up to her stern, probably thirty inches long. Mm -hmm. And so we, we (laughs) literally, I got on a lathe and I took a lathe and literally, bit by bit, made it so that the one tube would go over the other and get completely in there, and and then closed, and then welded the end of the tube off, and 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 now it was time to test. And, And I just give it to the guys. Uh, I said, okay, we well, go ahead and test this. And now, here's here's our, here's our shop. Our shop is is on Ventura Boulevard, right, right in the middle of Studio City, The busiest part of um, Ventura Boulevard you can imagine. And and we have a shop that goes, you know, back up into the hill behind us. And and what we would do, and and you know, theft was a real problem. And so, literally, we had a fence that was as tall as the building that went all the way to the edge of the property and wrapped back around the corner. So that was, you know, like 12 feet tall. Right. And, uh, and this 12 foot high gate, you know, that closed and, and we always worked behind the, the gate completely closed off. And we went, went out the alley with the trucks and stuff. And so, um, <laughs> so they're out there and they're pushing, I, I say, you know, at 30 pounds. So they, they put bags on the, on the thing, and they fire, off, fire it off, and, and they use 30 pounds of pressure, and, and lady it, the dummy barely makes it off the end of the, uh, the, end of the tube, boom, and I said, well, I said, well, turn the air up, and a, so they turn it up to 100 pounds, and, and they get it to go like, you know, five feet, and I said, well, guys, it's moving. You lose all of your pressure. If that if that tank moves by quarter of an inch, you lose all of your momentum, right? It completely blows it. So I had them back a five-ton truck up and then chalk the tank underneath the wheels of the of the truck, right? So that it there's it couldn't move a fraction of an inch. So <laughs> then they load the dummy up and I, I'm i like looking at the, we had glass all the way along, you know, sliding glass doors, right? And they leave it turned up to 100 pounds, right? And they fire it off on a test, okay? Now, it doesn't move. It literally has the 100 pounds of pressure pushing up against the dummy, and the dummy rises up like a Superman, it rises up and it goes over the twelve foot fence and lands in the middle. Lying, just lands in the middle of uh, Ventura Boulevard, one of the busiest streets uh, in in all of Southern California, right? And just I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> running around the corner, trying to trying to get the gate unlocked Trip and I open the gate and like literally there are people everywhere getting out of their cars and people have stopped and, and it's just a huge traffic jam in the middle of it and I just run out and in the middle all these people are just standing looking down at this dummy, right? <laughs> and I just I I go out and 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 I as hard as I can I'm just grabbing a foot and just Doing the best to drag it back in, and somebody gets somebody gets on the other side of it and starts dragging it back, and goes, "Wait a minute, wait, wait! This is a dummy!" And then he lets go of it like it's poison, and and like I go spilling with the dummy down into the middle of the street, and and oh god, it was it was hilarious. And finally we got it, <laughs> finally we got it, you know, off and, and got it back inside and, and closed the gate, right, and mm-hmm. um, and. And sure enough, what you look at when you're seeing her thrown out of the truck is you're throwing, you're watching that rig uh, uh, toss her out probably at about twenty pounds per square inch or something like just toss her enough to get over the edge of that, over the edge of the wall and down the hillside. Hmm. So there's a there's a great eight heads in a duffel bag story. The other thing that I really liked is I really liked. Um, I built the rig uh, with, in the washer when the uh, the head is in the washer.
0: Yeah, I think it was a dryer, right?
1: Or a dryer. Uh, it was, the head's in the dryer. You yeah. You know, and the head's and going around like this. And the the blonde Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. I literally had had that I had uh, all these mechanics for the head go through this tube that the whole machine is working around the tube. I mean, literally through the center of the tube, drill a hole right through the, you know, what they were using as the core of it and just, and just snuck that head on with the control and everything so that it would always be facing forward. And then I could just spin it and turn around and make it look up at the, at the woman and down and stuff. And it was a, it was a lot of fun. So that's fucking hilarious. And uh, Joe, Joe Pesci, uh, I, I had a uh 68 VW van that was all completely kitted out that uh carried my uh special effects kit uh from one show to the other. And uh, Pesci uh used to come up and and sit next to me in the uh, seat of the van. And we'd uh we'd talk, and I go, he goes, man, he says, uh, I've always wanted a van like this, he says, but uh, you know. <laughs> I can't drive anything but the big Lincolns and Fords and stuff like that he says oh my God. He says, can you imagine me driving down the road in this <laughs> <laughs> yeah I thought it was pretty funny <laughs> I think what most people remember for this movie is of course the Mr. Headman scene that scene was so crazy wasn't it I mean yeah. uh, that was completely uh, a left field you know when you're watching you get, a movie. Com- yeah, completely. Yeah, the dream sequence was just so much fun, uh, and, and the thing is, is all those heads were, were just that was one of the rare opticals in that film. Uh, that was all, all 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 done optically, which you didn't do easily back then. Trust me. <laughs> okay, guys, you know what? This has been fun, but I've had enough of you. Oh me! <laughs> had enough of you too. Yeah, well, you know what? That's the way it goes. You know, sometimes yeah, God, we're gonna have know, to a, we're gonna have to
0: ask you how it all began.
1: <laughs> oh well, uh, maybe that's for another time. Yeah,
2: because you know what, that that right there is a good lead up. We'll have a part two.
1: But... It's been a lot of fun. And I'll talk to you later. Oh, all right. right, we'll talk to you. Soon. Okay, have a, have a see lunch. you guys. Thanks. All Bye. Right, Where's your
2: head? Where's uh, your head? Where's uh, your head? Where's uh, your